Welcome to the Chaz Palmitary Podcast. New show today. You know, we got some old school guys. Some original old school guys. Legit old school guys. But before I bring them on, I want to just tell you, don't forget my one-man show, ChazPalmitary.net. Go to my Instagram. Go to my site.net. You can find out where I'm playing. I will be at September 10th, Lancaster, PA. The American Music Theater. Beautiful theater. October 9th in Boston. I will be at the Emerson Colonial Theater in Boston. What a great show that's going to be. November 11th and 12th. Two shows in Pittsburgh, PA at the Byram Theater. Come and see the show that started it all, folks. A Bronx Tale. Robert De Niro called it the greatest one-man show we ever saw. And it's uh, Steve Wynn called it the greatest show we ever saw. And Steve Wynn's seen some shit. Uh, no, it is, it is a great show, and I'd love for you to come and see it. I just celebrated my 1,000th show at the St. George Theater in Staten Island. So come and see it. Go on my website, jazzpalmetary.net. You can pick up this great inspirational card, give it to your son, daughter. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. My father wrote this down. He gave it to me and put it in my room. I have it. I give it to my sons and my daughter. Obviously, they turned out real well. God bless them both. So tonight, I'm sure you've seen those episodes. CSI, right? Manny Patankin, uh, Russo, David Caruso, right? Uh, Gary Sinise, CSI New York. You know what? People love those shows. But I'm bringing the real CSI. I'm bringing a guy who worked in CSI for years, over 15 years. I want to talk to him about, is it, is it really like that with the, when you see the show? Great guy, Gary Geraldo. Is that Geraldo. Geraldo. Gary Geraldo. CSI, here's the real deal. Gary, so before we get into a lot of your life and stuff, when you watch those shows, do you go, oh, that's bullshit, oh, that's pretty accurate. I first of all, thanks for having me, Jazz. You're, well, oh, you're welcome. Um, first of all, I, I get in trouble with my wife. Right. She hollers at me all the time. I'll I'll look on TV and say, they don't do that. They don't. It's a show. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Stop it. A lot of the theories are good, but when they put something in a, in a just say they get fingerprints, it doesn't happen in two seconds. It doesn't. It doesn't happen in two seconds. But the theory is correct. What they do is they put it into a, an object, say a gun, yeah, into a chamber, and they uh, use a super glue and they heat it up and the fumes adhere to the fingerprints. Right. It takes time. It doesn't happen in seconds. When you say time, a day. Uh, well, it depends on the um, the surface that you're that you're fuming. Right. Uh, guns are guns are hard. Uh, to get a fingerprint from a gun, yeah, it's less than ten percent success rate. From a gun? Yeah, from a gun. Because it, of the, the, the newer guns are made of polymer plastics, things like that. If so it's steel, you can be able to get it. You're better off getting DNA swabs. Well, that's right. DNA is yeah. here. Yeah. Right. So, um, but like I said, when you see it on TV, it doesn't happen as quick. Well, they have but to do it. But they have to do it because it's only an hour show. Because it's an hour show. But my wife, she hollers at me all the time. Now, was there, when you were going to a crime scene, a murder scene, can you tell if it was done by a professional or this was done a crime of passion or this was... Could you tell those things right away? Or are you just more analytical, I just pick whatever it is and let the other guys figure that out? Well, 
Unfortunately, a majority of the homicides I've been on, um, it was always like drug dealer against drug dealer. Um, right. Baby, uh, baby's mama, or the father, that you know, the whole. So they always know each other. Uh, yes, a majority of the times, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. The, I would love the cases that really had to think about it, you know, uh, what happened. What because, happened? Yeah, because a lot of times you get on the scene and you say, uh, all right, you ask somebody, uh, did you have a beef with somebody? Yeah, he just had an argument with the guy down the street. He said, I'm going to come back and kill you. Okay. It's quick and dry. I mean, yeah. you know, or don't go anywhere. I'm, I'll be right back. I'm getting my gun. And they st- for some reason, they stay there, but... Uh, I remember you sent me some photos of a guy, you know, kind of laying on the floor with a b- bullet hole in his head. I mean, you've seen a lot of murders, obviously, in your life. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately. Does, does it become secondhand? Does that ever bother you to see that? Or you, have a, you, you don't get nightmares over that, I don't think. No, unfortunately, you get uh, callous to it. Uh, what used to bother me is uh, kids and old people. Yeah, I had a friend who said that. Yeah. That none, nothing bothered him, but when he saw a kid, that bothered him. Yeah, well, I had a job one time where a um, guy was playing video games, and the baby crawled and hit one of the wires, and he lost all his points, and he beat the baby to death. And when we got there, I actually whispered in his ear. I could say this now. I think it's the uh, past the uh, statute of limitations. You're lucky the cops got here before I did. You know, that, that touched me. It was a beautiful little baby. And you're going to kill a baby. And this is his own child? It, no, it was the, his it's girlfriend's al- child. It's always the girlfriend's child. Yeah. It's always the girlfriend's child. Yeah, and they picked the wrong I girls. tell you, young you ladies with kids, that you start seeing guys, make sure it's a guy that you trust before you start leaving your kids with somebody. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Wow, he... Beat the babies to death because he lost his points. Because he lost his points in a video game. Yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, Gary, that's got to be hard to take. I mean, you go home and, uh, I mean, you have you have children? I have two. I have a boy and a girl. Boy They're grown, girl. Uh, married. Right. But still, it's when it comes to infants, and I guess it older people that couldn't defend themselves, bothered me immensely. When they couldn't defend themselves. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Wow. Was there ever a case that you did that totally baffled you? I mean, like you guys couldn't find the answers, like how did this guy die? How is this possible? Or you couldn't find finger, or something that just baffled you? Two off the top of my head. All right, let's hear about it. Two off the top of my head. We get a call, South Philly, where I'm from. Um, It was was called Check on the Well-Being. That means... They didn't hear from the woman for a while, and they wanted the cops to go over to see if she was all right, elderly woman. Right. So uh, we go to the, well, the cops go to the house. They have to break the door in, it's locked from the inside, and there's blood everywhere. I mean, there's blood, walls, floors. As soon as you walk in, blood everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, my God. So they call us, crime scene unit. So we go down, homicide goes down, and sure enough, there is blood. I've never seen so much blood. And at the table where the phone is, the phone's off the receiver, blood all over the dials. She, uh, We found out she tried to call 911, but she hit 311 information. So she didn't get 911. So we're processing the scene. I'm taking the photographs, collecting the evidence. 
how did she die? I'm saying she she's locked in the house. The, the chains on the door, the whole nine yards. So whoever did it was inside. And how did they leave and lock the door? That's what I mean. That baffled me. Wow. So, so we're going around looking for everything. We're turning over every little stone. Well, here, the last thing she was doing was doing laundry in the basement. So I realized she had two cats. Now, anybody who has cats know that when you're walking down the stairs, they love to go in between your feet. I tripped almost daily with my cat. She loves me so much, she just goes between my feet while I'm going down the steps. Right. So I checked the steps, and I'm saying to myself, the laundry basket at the bottom of the steps, what happened? So I'm thinking, did the cat go between the legs? So now I'm following the, the steps, and I'm following the side of the wall. I forgot to tell you, here her carotid artery was ripped out. Here, protruding from the wall, is a nail about two inches protruding out of the wall. In the hallway? Going down the steps in the basement. In the house? In the house, where the uh, the uh, wash machine is. Right. Well, here we find out, well, we surmised, and it came out to be the most likely story. She's going down the steps with the clothes. Okay. The cat must have tripped her. As she went down... There was a, I actually caught a piece of flesh from the head of the oh. nail, ripped the carotid artery, spurting blood everywhere. That's why she's running through the house, blood spurting. She sits down, blood squirting on the table. Dials 311. And she's 311, and she dies at the table. But here I found a piece of flesh caught onto the head of the nail. So either she accidentally tripped or the cat tripped her. I'm going to go with the, tri the cat because... My cat is crazy about that. Wow. Well, I mean, it, it has, has to be the door's locked. Nobody's in there. Nobody's in there. I mean, someone could have did that and went out a window. Is this possible? Everything right? was locked. Everything was locked. Yeah. Wow. That's a that, story. That, you know, that bothered me. I was like, why? Why? Because we're so used to going on the scene. Like I said, well, here, uh, he just had a fight with him. and He came back or he's selling drugs on his corner. It's clear, cut, and dry. But when you get cases like this, uh, we had one. We had another case. Yeah, please. And this was an older woman. Right. Beautiful woman, I understand from the neighbors. Beautiful woman. She would make cookies for the people, the kids down the street and everything. Right. So she was a, uh, an invalid. She had her uh, hospital bed on the first floor. And um, the boy across the street, she would give the key to her house and say, could you go? you know, grocery uh, shopping for me. Yeah. He would go grocery shopping the whole nine yards and give her groceries and lock the door up. Well, one day, uh, they, again, they don't hear from her. And they, she would get these meals on wheels from the city that they deliver food to her. Right. And they called her daughter, said, listen, we're knocking on her door. We know your mom's home because she, she can't go anywhere. Could you come down here and check on her? So they go down, and as soon as they open up the door, the place is a mess. The uh, clothes, couch, everything is blood. disarrayed. Blood. Any blood? Blood, yeah, but not as much as the, the first not story. Not as much as that one, yeah. Here they find her in the, um, the dining room, and they call the police. Police come down and ruled it a homicide. 
So we go down there, and Chaz, uh, what they did to this poor woman, uh, we found out later that she is actually in the kitchen making tea. She comes in. She hears a noise. She sees a boy from across the street with another friend, and she confronts him. What are you doing here? Here he made a key, tried to get in the house. And the first thing they did, they, they punched her in the mouth. She goes down. Then they proceeded to beat her. They broke her ribs. They, they How old were these guys? Uh, yeah, uh, 17 and 18. What kind of guy, what kind of families these guys have? Wow. I mean, I, I don't understand that. So we uh, found objects inside of her. Inside her body. Yeah, yeah. They uh, anally and vaginally. And um, then they tried to take off one of her rings, and they were having trouble. So what they did was they got a pruning shears, and um, they performed a. It's called uh, uh, degloving, where they cut the finger and pull it and the whole finger comes off except the bone and they took the ring off and the uh the final act was they cut her from ear to ear that her head actually looked like a, a pez dispenser the back of her head hit her back so uh and you found her like this yeah so we get uh, we get into the dining room and we're processing and on the wall it was almost like a helter skelter type thing like pigs die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was written in her nail polish. Okay, now fast forward. They're interviewing the kid across the street. Did they know who did it? Or not they, at the they, time, no. The time, so they're interviewing know. the kid on the street, and they and the kid said, "Oh yeah, listen." He says, "The daughter was here, and she's looking for her mother." I go into the house, and I saw her. And I ran right out. So the homicide detective said, well, you, you went in. How far did you go in the house? He said, the living room. He said, you didn't go in the dining room? He said, no, that's where she was. I, that's what they told me. I didn't go in there. I went as far as the living room. I ran out. He said, so you never went in the dining room where the um, helter-skelter yeah. writing on the wall? He said, no. And so as they're talking to him, the detective happens to look down, and he sees the same color that was on the wall on his sneaker. So he says, so you were never in the dining room? He says, no. He says, uh, do me a favor. He says, take off your sneakers. We're going to need to process them. As soon as he said that, he gave up everything. Gave up his friend. Gave up everything. So, but he was one of the guys. Oh, he was one of the guys. Him and his friend did it. Do you know what they stole? Ten dollars. He said, we bought weed after that. So you took a human life, tortured her before you killed her for ten dollars. And what did they say? That was it. That was, that was it. So I used to tell my wife, if you don't think there's evil out there, you're mistaken. There's evil everywhere. Wow. I mean, this is CSI, folks. This is not the game show. This is not the show. You know, this is not David Caruso. This is not Manny Patankin. This is not all those shows you see. Joe Montaigne, you know, those great actors who do the show. This is the real deal. 
I mean, I think I spoke to you once because I knew I knew these guys. What they did was they whacked this guy and then they put him in a freezer. I remember you told me the story. story. Yeah, and, then, and I found out. And then they took him. They they froze him for like about a year, and they took the body out and they dumped him and they let him defrost because you couldn't figure out when he died. But you said there is a way to do. Well, that. what happens is, and I found out. Uh, through a friend of mine who's been in the crime scene unit for years, right, uh, said what they do is they get the contents of the, of the stomach, find out where he ate, you know, his last his meal. last meal, and they'll, and they'll, right. they'll, they'll track it from there, and then right. they put everything together, and that made sense. That's I didn't they, want to give you the wrong, uh, you know, answer. No, so I, that's why I, I made was a curious how they did that. Yeah, yeah. Because th- when I remember when those guys whacked the guy and they put him in a the freezer for a year, they said. Yeah, we do that, so we don't. They don't know. And I said, that, that, uh, the government's too smart. They no. have to know. There's so much out there now. Like I said, DNA just grabs everybody. So DNA really took over fingerprints. In other words, yeah. you can still do fingerprints, yeah. but DNA is. Yeah. So if you, if I hold a gun in my hand, and then put it down, my DNA is on there. Sure, unless you wear gloves. Okay, then you, you know, of course. Really. Oh yeah, and then what happens is. If we get you, uh, and we believe that you uh, fired a gun, you killed somebody, yeah. we'll take your clothing, okay? Right. And we'll test you. We'll take your clothing and test it for uh, gunshot residue. Right. You know. Now, if I, I'm just curious because you know I'm a gun person. I like to shoot. I go three gun shooting, pistol, shotgun. So if I shoot, I don't have no clothes on. See, I shoot. I shot somebody, nothing on, naked. Boom. I go into the I go into the bathroom. I get soap and water. I wash. I wash scrub really good. Could you still find powder on me? You think? No, no, no. You got a win- there's a small window of opportunity. Even if you didn't do that, and I say right away we bag somebody's hands because um, a lot of times a guy will shoot a gun and we know we shot it. Yeah. But we cuff him and we bag his hands. A lot of times people forget to do that and they keep on rubbing them. And I go to the bathroom, I have to go and wash your hands uh. and everything. And then that's when we take their clothing. But if you're you're talking about the uh, ideal homicide, <laughs> take all your clothes off. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough sometimes. I mean, if you're smart. But thank God these these people aren't that smart. They're not that. You know what's funny? My friend, my dear friend, Phil Folio, he was a DA, prosecutor in many cases. God bless. I yeah. miss him so much. And he used to say he was the head when it had worked on the Giuliani and a lot of his DAs, the young DAs, would go to him and say, well, Phil, I mean, I know what you're thinking, but they, he, the guy can't be that stupid. And Phil would go, yes, they yes, are. Yes, they are. Thank God. Yes, they are. And he would say, thank God they're yeah, that stupid. We'd all be in trouble. They, they, These criminals are that stupid. Yeah, yeah. I had a guy one time when I was in narcotics yeah. doing a surveillance on the corner, and all these young guys were on the corner, and all of a sudden, a barrage of gunfire. And I see one guy in the middle shooting. But you could tell he didn't want to hit anybody. He was just trying to scare them. Right. So I jump out of the car, and I'm chasing him. And we, I get him a block later in the alley. Right. So I get him. I cuff him. Now, I didn't lose sight of him. But I did lose when he dropped the gun. I didn't see him drop the gun, but it had to be here somewhere. Grab him. I see the gun. So he said, uh, that ain't mine. I didn't shoot nobody. I didn't shoot nobody. I said, all right, whatever you say. I said, but I got a question for you. I was watching you shoot. How did you learn that stance? He said, I practice a lot. <laughs> then he realized what he said, and that was it. Thank God they're not smart. Wow, I practice a lot. I practice a lot. 
Have you ever dealt with somebody that outsmarted you guys? My ex-wife. Your ex-wife. My ex-wife, yeah. When we got divorced, uh, we split the house. I got the outside, she got the inside. But I'm sorry, <laughs> what? I'm sorry. And a little levity. Well, you were married twice, right? Twice, yes. Twice. I always say, you know, you marry. I always talk to the old school guys. You get three great ones in your whole life. Sometimes you find your second one on your great one. You did, obviously. Oh, Joanna is a... Joanna is... I met Joanna. She's, she's lovely. She's my rock. She's your rock. And yeah. how long have you been married now with her? Uh, it'll be 19 years. 19 years. Yeah. Nobody now, thought we would last. Nobody thought we would last. Nobody thought? Nah, because I was... Uh, player you were a player yeah you were a ladies man yeah you're a handsome guy you ran around what's the big deal okay you were single but uh i met her and she changed my whole world she changed the whole world yeah now does she ever get nervous because sometimes you know you're a you were a retired cop and i mean i'm i grew up in a certain neighborhood we don't trust everywhere we are all the time there's always like we're always on kind of like yellow alert if you know what i mean yeah. I, I know i am does she ever get like when you're ever when she's ever with you? I know my wife when when she thinks something's going down. When I think something's going down, and she's looking, she like squeezes my arm, like please. Well, she knows I'm always in cop mode. Don't get involved, right? Like you're always. I'm in always cop in mode. cop mode. I go to a restaurant. I sit facing the door. Facing the door. I'm back That's to the wall. Back to the wall. You know, and I carry my gun everywhere I go. Wow. Yeah, because everywhere. Why not? Yeah. In this day and age, now you grew up in South Philly, right? Correct. Yes. Uh, South Philly, there was a lot of wise guys. Yeah. There yeah. were, right? In fact, I wanted to be one of them. You wanted to be one of yeah. them. Yeah. But then, what? What? now, what was your, like, I always say, I like to speak to people about this. Gary, what was your defining moment in your life that changed your life from wanting to be a wise guy or going that route to saying, you know what, I want to do something good with my life? It, was it a person or you know, something? It was, I guess it was a, just a... Uh, Times were changing. Um, you know, when, when during, if you're the wise guys, when everything's going great, it's great. Right. The money, the girls, everything. Right. But when the proverbial shit hits the fan right. and everybody's going to jail or prison and then everybody's flipping, it ain't what it used to be. I mean, right. people Everybody seem like opera stars. Yeah. They yeah. all flip. They all think it's, uh, you know, nobody flips. As soon as one gets caught, they sing yeah. like Pavarotti. You Let's know. admit it. Come on. Listen, I used to go to, when I was 21 years old, I used to go to a club in South Philly called uh, The Loft. It was our place. And uh, they had two bars, and we had one bar was our, our bar. So I used to go in with my Guido jewelry on and the whole nine yards. I'd go to the bartender, Jimmy, give everybody a drink on me, on me, <laughs> right? So everybody got a drink. And by the end of the night, I was just nursing mine because I didn't have no more money left. Right. You know, but yeah. I wanted to be that, you know. And right. then I saw everybody, like I said, going to jail, getting killed. And I said, you know what? No. No. You were no. smart enough. Now, was your, 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 was your dad a legitimate guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Your my, mom and uh, my, dad were legitimate. My biological father was a big number writer. So a numbers guy. Yeah. 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 But, um, but your stepfather. My stepfather was a legitimate guy. He was a dental technician, made false teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but his cousin was a chief inspector of Philadelphia police. I right. mean, he was a mountain of a man. The guy was worked out like crazy. And every time he, his driver and him would come up the street, I would look at him and, wow, you know, and all. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Maybe I'll be a cop. And I, 
I, I took the test and I passed, uh, thankfully. And uh, I remember. How old were you when you got on the force? I got on late. I got on when I was thirty. Oh, that's late. Very late. And um, I did thirty years with the Philadelphia Police Department. I got out when I was sixty. But I remember one of the old timers saying, when I first got behind the wheel, the windshield, best show on earth. And he was right. I mean, I've seen everything. 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 I mean, the good and bad. Right. You know, and um, never, never regretted it. Never so you enjoyed your time on the force? I enjoyed 30 years, and I retired. For three years I retired, and then my wife said to me, you have to get another job. She just felt like you, you were... I was vegetating at the cigar shop in South Philadelphia. <laughs> playing. What's that? What's, we can say the name of it. Uh, the Twin Shop. shop in the, what South is it called? Twin Shop. The Twin Shop. The great cigar shop, by the way. Yeah, great cigar shop. Is that shop. the one I went to? Yeah. And uh, who's the owner? Anthony Ranzulli. Anthony Ranzulli. Great uh, guy. Ted and Tasker. Great, a great bunch of guys. Great, bu- great cigars. Great yeah. place to buy cigars. Yes. So I was hanging out there <laughs> seven days a week, smoking cigars, drinking scotch, and playing dominoes. Yeah. And she said, you got to get another job. And I was fortunate enough to get a job as a police officer in a Ivy League college. Wow. Yeah, I love it. A I'm lot there, easier. I'm there now, yeah. a year, and then have, it's great. I can't believe they're paying me. Because you just have a good time. You know what? I Because I got on late, uh, you know, at, at the age of 30, I felt I knew how to handle people. I wasn't yeah. a young kid, 21 years old. I got a badge and a gun. I'm the tough right, guy. Right, 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 I, right. 30 years old, I worked numerous jobs. Right. And I knew how to talk to people. Wow. Now, when in South Philly... If I'm not mistaken, I'm not speaking out of school. That was the, was that the Stanford? What family was that? Stanford family? Well, it was originally Angelo Bruno. Oh, it was Bruno. It was Angelo Bruno. Right. Yeah. Right. Then he got killed in front of his house. Right with the bomb. No, he got shot. He got yeah, shot. That's right. His driver lowered the. Uh, he put the shotgun. Got him behind the ear. His driver lowered the window. <laughs> to throw a cigarette out. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But uh, then uh, Phil Testa took over, and he got blown up with the bomb. They got blown up with the bomb. Yeah. That's right. Then uh, Scarfo took over. And Scarfo. And that, that was the ruination. Nicky Scarfo. Yeah. And they say he ruined everything because he was yeah. killing everybody, right? He was very paranoid from what I was told. A little guy, too. Yeah. Yep. And he's dead, too, right? Yeah. Died in prison. Died uh, in prison. They all die in prison. Doesn't take much to pull a trigger, right? Like my father said in Bronx Tale, doesn't take much... To pull the trigger, but try to go out and work for a little. Yeah. That's a real tough true, thing. very true. I wow. wish a lot of these guys knew that, you know, realized that. Yeah, wow. I mean, I mean, there's some great, some great singers came out of South Philly, oh. like Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon, God rest his soul, Bobby Rydell. Bobby Rydell just passed away. Mario Lanza. Mario Lanza came out of South Philly. Yeah, Jim Croce. Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon, uh, James Darren. James Darren? James Darren, yeah. James Darren, Jimmy, uh, James Croce? Jim Croce. Jim Croce, wow. Holy shit. Jerry Blavitt? You know why he just (laughs) called me Jerry Blavitt? Shout out to the Gita. We got a shout out to, you know the Gita? Yeah. Oh, the Gita's famous, man. Yes, he is. The Gita's famous. He was like, holy shit. He's got his uh, club in in Margate. I'm two blocks away. What is it called? Memories. Memories in Margate. Go to the Gita's Club in Margate. It's called Memories. I was there. I had a fucking blast. See the Gita. 
Gita with the heater. Gita with the heater, Jerry Blavitt. That's yeah, right. Great guy. You know what he does every fucking Christmas? This guy's amazing. He sends me a whole thing of pasta from what the most famous bakery in South Philly. I can't think of it. I forgot the name of it. Where they make P&S? pasta. The ravioli. PNS? What is it? PNS. I think, I don't know. I don't remember the name. Primo and Segundo. Oh, my God. Uh, I can't think of Sandy, go in my refrigerator. Give me a, <laughs> go in my, uh, uh, what do you call? In my freezer. You'll see some pasta there. Tell me where it's named. Yeah, because I, I got to give it a shout out. It's great pasta. I love it. Yeah, he's a good guy. Good guy. He's a good guy. Can I tell you a quick story? What, what Please, go ahead. Tell me. This is Now, everybody thinks he's that guy on stage. He's always screaming and all. Yeah. This guy's got a heart as big as anything. Big as anything. My, um, my uncle was dying of cancer. Right. Uh, 50, uh, I'm sorry, 65 years old. Right. And uh, he comes to a... Uh, Margate, New Jersey, where I have my condo, and he wanted to go see the Gator, listen to the music. He's got great music. Great music, He yeah. loves the 50s. And uh, I said, Frankie, well, you know, I'll set it up. Don't, don't worry about it. I was actually going to have uh, Jerry mention his name when he walks in the door. But unfortunately, that weekend, he took a turn for the worse, and he had to go home. Right. So I was beside myself. This is the last time I'm really going to get to see my uncle, and I right. love him dearly. Uh I called. What is it? Oh, Taludos. Taludos. Yeah, 9th Street. Yeah. Oh, 9th Street. Taludos? Yep. Taludos. Taludos. That's yeah. it. Sorry. Taludos. Great, great pasta. Great you got to check it out. Yeah. Great pasta. Yeah. So uh, I called Jerry up and said, Jerry, do me a favor. We were supposed to come down. My uncle's dying of cancer. Right. Could you call him up and, and cheer him up? Right. No problem, Gary. Give him the number. About 45 minutes later, his wife calls up and says, Gary, Jerry Blavid called. Frankie was laying down. He couldn't move. He gets the phone. He sits up. Got a smile on his face. Jerry's talking. And he said, you had to see his face. He said, I never see him smile like that. I said, I called Jerry back up. I said, Jerry, thank you so much for doing that. Right. You know, he said, Gary, we're old school. You know, we, we take school, care of man. each other. Two days later, my uncle calls me. He says, Jerry Blavid called me again. He said he's going to send me uh, his collection of 50 CDs when I play in the, the ones I play in the club. Now, the first time Jerry did it for me, he did right. me the favor. Second, he did it on his own. Wow. I said, Jerry, I'll never forget that. I said, whatever you ever need, I'm right, right here for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, wow. but that's what kind of man he is. He, yeah. said, here, he said, Frankie, here's my personal number. You ever need anything, call yeah. me. Oh, my God. Yeah, great guy. But everybody sees him on stage, screaming and hollering. They think he's a buffoon. He's far from it. Oh, he's a great guy. No, he's a great he's guy. A great guy. Jerry Blavitt's a great guy. Good. Who knows? It could be him on the phone right now. I don't know. So, so Gary, we're coming to the end here. But do you, in your you are CSI? How did you get it? I'm just curious. How did they pick you for CSI? How does one get in that? What the truth or a lie? No, I want the truth. And then the truth? which one? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I was in narcotics. Right. And um, I was always the kind of guy, the first one through the door, chasing people. And you everything. were the first one through the door? Oh, I loved it. The adrenaline high was incredible. Wow. It was incredible. It was better than any drug you could ever do. Have you ever got shot at? No. Well, no. Thank God. Thank God. I, uh, I had a gun pointed at me, a uh, Mac-10 pointed at me. Wow. But um, You didn't pull the trigger? No, no. And Did you ever shoot anyone? No. Thank God. And um, 
when my wife and I decided, when Joanna and I decided to get married, she said, listen, you've had a good career. You didn't get hurt. Find something safer. Really? Yeah, so I... Uh, Boy, she was a big influence on your life. She still is. She still is. Wow. I mean, I'm crazy about her. But anyway, yeah. she says, um, I did some research because I, I didn't want to... I made a, a lot of money overtime. In yeah, I mean, narcotics is dangerous. Yeah, but it's like I said, it's an adrenaline rush. Yes, yes. And I found out about the crime scene unit. And they said, oh, they make a ton of money, but you're always working. Listen, I don't mind work. I love money, I said. Right. You know, I go to court every day. I had a friend of mine who was a chief inspector, and um, he, I said, listen, do you, could you get me in? Put your paperwork in. I hand-delivered it to the commissioner. Right. And I got in. Just like that. Just like that. I was fortunate. I got, the cops say, you were parachuted in. Parachuted. Yeah. And, um, wow. and then 16 years later, I retired from there. But again, I have no regrets. I, I've seen things that, Normal people haven't seen. Right. I mean, you've seen uh, the worst of humanity and the best yes, of humanity. Yes. And uh, like I said, it, it was a it was a great time. I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. Like you said, when that guy beat up that child, that young infant, because he messed up his score, like if you guys would have got there before the cops, God knows you might have threw him a beating. Yeah. Back then you could have did that. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. No yeah. doubt, because like I said, I'm not saying it was right, but I could see you getting emotionally about it. Yes, that. yes. Uh, but I, I have one quick story before no, we no, go end. Ahead, go ahead. This was one of the three I was telling you. Yes, about. please tell us. Call comes in, uh, suspicious death. This was the uh, the uh, divisional detectives called, not homicide. Right. Uh, northeast, prominent neighborhood. Uh, right. You know, just on the edge of the uh, the city limits. Right. So we get there, and I said, what's going on? He said, I don't know. The detective said, it's a little suspicious. Uh, I want your opinion. He said, the guy is married. He lives in the rec room, sleeps in the rec room. She sleeps upstairs. We found him in the rec room. He's got a pillow on his chest and a revolver in his hand. He put three um, bullets in the revolver. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I says, times? I said, wait, I says, are you allowed to curse? Yeah. I said, are you fucking crazy? What do you mean suspicious? Call homicide up. Are you nuts? They called homicide up. Well, three times, unloads, puts a three shells case, three more. Boom, oh, get the fuck boom, boom, in the back of the head. How did they figure that he Brains did this? Brains on a wall. And Who everything. said he did this? I mean, well, I said you're fucking nuts. Right. I said you, <laughs> you're a detective. I said the coroner comes down. Yeah. They do the autopsy. Suicide. None of the bullets hit anything vital. They were all pointing down. He put the pillow so his wife wouldn't hear it. Everything went down. Now, the, f the final shot, of course, was behind the ear. Yeah. Could you imagine shooting yourself? You want to kill yourself three times. Oh, shit. Put three more. Two more times. Oh, shit. I'm not dying. One in the back of the head. Suicide. That's legit. Legit. 
But when I saw it, I said, are you fuck? Are you out of your mind? What do you mean suspicious? It's a homicide. Coroner said, nope. The coroner said that. They did the autopsy. They said it hit nothing vital. Everything See, went now I would have thought right away that the coroner's fucking the wife, and that's how they, they made a deal here. That's <laughs> what I would have said. New movie. That's a movie. It's a movie. CSI. Gary, I pronounce your last name again. Goraldo. Goraldo. Oh, Gar- before I leave. South Philly, yes. Before I leave. Yes. I told Bobby Lamb Chops. Bobby Lamb Chops, go ahead. I said, Bobby, not for nothing. I says, Sandy Blue Eyes has got a nickname. Bobby Lamb Chops got. I want a nickname. He's got to think of a nickname for you me. You got to think of a nickname for you. No, no, CSI Gary stuff. It's no, no, CSI we can't do. <laughs> we got we to gotta think of a name you know, for Gary. So but. anybody who's, any one of us, many, many followers, write in. I got it. What is that? Gary's a total gentleman. Gary the gent. Gary the gent. He is a gentleman. We need something a little more flashy than that. I say Gary Thank Southside. You. Thank you. Are you from the South Side? Yeah. Gary South Side. What do you like better, Gary Gent or Gary South Side? Gary Gent. You like Gary no, Gent. I, like Gary I think Joanna would like Gary Gent. Gary too. the Gent. All Gary right, Gary the, the Gent. Gent. Gary the Gent. All right, Sandy Blue Eyes, you gave him a fucking nickname. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was our show. Interesting show. Real CSI. This was the real deal. On my show, you never know who you're going to get. You're going to get wise guys. You're going to get neighborhood guys. You got... Uh, Neighborhood Logic, God knows who we get on this show. And remember, go to my site, chazpalmetary.net. September 10th, I'll be at Lancaster, PA, the American Music Theater. And October 9th, in Boston, Boston, Massachusetts, the Emerson Colonial Theater. And of course, Pittsburgh, the 11th and 12th, I'll be at the Byroom Theater. Byroom Theater. Come and see the show that started it all, I play all 18 characters before the movie, before, before the musical. It's a great show. Go on my website, go on my social media, and you can see where I am. God bless you all, and uh, I'll see you next week. <laughs>